Hi, and welcome to Soul Powerful Parables, stories of rhyme, reason, and God's truth. I'm your host, Dana Buck. Thanks for listening. And if you like the story, please consider subscribing and give us a five-star rating where you enjoy your podcasts. It really helps us. We'd also love to hear from you, so contact us on Facebook at Soul Powerful Parables. Now, settle in, and let's have a story. Lake Righteousness, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Matthew 5, verse 6. A muddy lake and a dry stream bed serve as the perfect metaphors in this tale of being filled with the righteousness of God. Lake Righteousness, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck. You'll want to make a left when you come to a spreading oak, then left again on gravel where the old windmill is broke. Drive about a mile or so and you'll see a sagging barn. That's the sole remains of Elmer Scroggins' chicken farm. Past that ragged building, two more roadways have their mouth don't go to the north, you want the one that's headed south. Drive a little longer, about 10 minutes more or less, and you will reach your destination on Lake Righteousness. The driver sat unblinking with a blank and dull expression at this filling station where he'd stopped to ask directions. The affable attendant, surely local, born and bred, can see that his instructions went right past the driver's head. Why don't I get a pencil and a paper from inside? I'll write them out for you. The driver said, <laughs> I'm much obliged. Alrighty, the attendant said. I'll be back in a sec. As the driver watched him go, he rubbed his aching neck. Wilbur McNamara quick assessed his situation, lost and in seeking info to achieve his destination. His map, unfolded on the seat, can't clarify the mess as he searches doggedly to find Lake Righteousness. A relative who'd passed away, his great-great-uncle Phil, had left him an inheritance contained within his will. The property included in this unforeseen bequest? Five acres and a cabin sited on Lake Righteousness. Now, seeking out this windfall, Wilbur loaded up his car to find the gifted cabin by this well-named reservoir. But unfamiliar country soon had rendered him distraught and finally, in desperation, led him to this spot. Here you go, erupted, breaking Wilbur's reverie. This will get you where you're going, that I guarantee. Wilbur took the paper that the gas attendant lined, reached then for his wallet. Here is something for your time. The man put up his hands, lets out a chuckle of good cheer. <laughs> no thanks, that really isn't how we operate round here. You have yourself a good one. Then he waved and went his way. Wilbur raised his window and drove carefully away.
following the scribbling that is penciled on the note, Wilbur sticks too closely what the gas attendant wrote. Soon he sees a sign that brings a feeling of relief. This way to Lake Righteousness, an arrow underneath. He manages the turn, maneuvers round a curve or two. Its thin or rustic cabin comes distinctly into view. Parking by some trees, he puts the key into the lock, opens up the door to stand in wonderment and gawk. Though old and somewhat dusty, it's as quaint as it can be. Wilbur smiles in wonder as he puts away the key. The cabin's just so perfect. What an awesome lucky break. If this is such a peach, then I can't wait to see the lake. Stepping to the front porch, Wilbur spies a little trail, moving like King Arthur did to find the Holy Grail. Soon the path emerges through a solid line of trees, and what Wilbur sees before him nearly knocks him to his knees. Lake Righteousness is nothing but a bleak and muddy hole. No trout, but there are plenty of mosquitoes and tadpoles. Stinky and untidy, filled with greenish moss and slime. Wilbur said, This isn't worth a measly, paltry dime. Disappointment followed as he walked back toward the path. The smell that carried with him made him want to take a bath. So much for lakefront property. He sadly left the shore, and entering the cabin, he morosely shut the door. Next morning in the kitchen, Wilbur's mood was dark and rotten. He realized the coffee bag had somehow been forgotten. I can take a lot of things, he grumbled head to toe but not without a hot and steaming morning cup of joe. Remembering the gas station contained a little store, Wilver drove determined with the pedal to the floor. Soon he'd reached the station. Pray for coffee, Wilbur said. A bell playfully jingled in the doorway overhead. Howdy, came the greeting from the affable attendant. You're up and at it kind of early, he commented. Forgot to bring my coffee, Wilbur sheepishly admitted. Round here, that's grounds for hanging, the attendant wryly witted. You'll find it by the flower. Sorry, not a big selection. Say, how are the doings at the lake? Did I give you good directions? You did indeed, said Wilbur. They were perfect, he confessed. I wish that were the definition of lake righteousness. Oh, really? What's the problem? The attendant blithely chimed. I haven't been up there myself in quite a little time. Well, first off, it's a mud hole, not much water in the lake. Giving it that label is a criminal mistake. It smells like rotten produce full of decomposing logs, only fit for salamanders, turtles, bugs, and frogs. Calling it Lake Righteousness, a name that sounds anointed, only left me even more upset and disappointed. Wow, that is surprising. Why, the last time I was there, the water was a crystal blue, quite fine, beyond compare. What could dry the lake bed, make it stagnant, make it reek? 
Did you check the water flowing from Agape Creek? Agape Creek, said Wilbur. Gosh, I really can't recall seeing any stream or brook or water course at all. That must be your problem, the attendant's nod was knowing. Lake Righteousness is dry unless Agape Creek is flowing. Wilbur brought the coffee to the counter and he paid. Thank you for the tip and observation that you made. The attendant bagged the purchase. Go investigate that creek. I do believe that you will find the answers that you seek. Returning to the cabin, Wilbur changed into his jeans, drank a pot of coffee with his scrambled eggs and beans, then hurried down the path to give Lake Righteousness a peek. We'll see about this story of a lost and missing creek. Standing at the shoreline, Wilbur scans both right and left. Of any stream or rivulet, the landscape is bereft. It's then he glimpses something. In the tree line, there's a break, a cut, a rocky gully on the far side of the lake. He traipses the perimeter, finds stones and cracking clay. By gosh and holy Moses, it's a dried up waterway. Wilbur scurries up the draw a hundred yards or so, saying as he contemplates, Well, well, what do you know? It looks as if a landslide filled the creek bed with debris, clogging up the passageway with stones and fallen trees. There, the water's flowing in a clearly makeshift stream, emptying what's been diverted down in that ravine. If I can get this coulee cleared of what has tumbled in, Perhaps Agape Creek can fill Lake Righteousness again. Wilbur quickly hurried to the local filling station, telling the attendant all about his situation. And so, if I could borrow just a crowbar or an axe, that could get Lake Righteousness the water that it lacks. The gas attendant pondered and then said, I'll be right back racing through a creaking door that opened to the back. Only gone a second, reappearing on the double, he brought with him a chainsaw and a well-used pick and shovel. Without a word, he ambled to the window quite composed and flipped the station sign from reading open now to closed. Then putting on the John Deere hat he kept up on a shelf, he said, no neighbor lets another labor by himself. Wilbur shook his head in wonder, felt a pang of shame. You've shown to me such kindness, and I've never asked your name. The gas attendant smiled and said with unrestricted bliss, My mama named me Christian, but my friends all call me Chris. And as they left the station, Wilbur felt a wave of pleasure. It seems a cabin and a lake are not the only treasure. Chris and Wilbur worked that snag for nearly half the day. Cutting, hauling, digging, mauling at that barricade. Chris then said to Wilbur, See that log where it is stuck? We get that one moved and this whole stream will open up. I have an idea. He pronounced it like an oath. To clear away that blockage, it is gonna take us both. 
I'm in, said Wilbur cheerfully. You haven't failed me yet. Let's uproot and end this thing, just like a canceled debt. Okay, said Chris, and he descends to where the log is jammed. Snugly ties a rope that he had carried in his hand. He throws the surplus coils across an overhanging limb, and Wilbur pulls it taut, now seeing what's required of him. Chris climbs up to Wilbur, and they both now hold the tether. When I count to three, said Chris, we'll pull like heck together. One, and Wilbur set himself. Two, his grip is tight. Three, and both these dogged warriors pull with all their might. The rope is stiff and straining as they tug for all they're worth, as slowly that decisive log is muscled from its berth. Water begins seeping from the gap they have produced. It carries sand and gravel as the blockage is reduced. Wilbur pulls like Hercules. He digs in with his boots. The flow is now removing broken branches, rocks, and roots. Chris lets out a rebel yell and gives it one last heave. The larger pieces shudder in the creek bed where they're cleaved. And then it is a torrent. The impediment gives way. Agape Creek is sweeping that great obstacle away. Lying on the riverbank, the men cry out in joy, watching as the stream treats mighty things like broken toys. Wilbur is the first to rise to Chris, extends his hand, yanks him to his feet and says, Hey Christian, quite a plan. Yep, says Chris offhandedly. We sure wiped out that mess. Now, let's go see Agape Creek fill up Lake Righteousness. And that's just what they did. Sat there together on the shore and watched that life-affirming water pour and pour and pour. Well, all is sweet and peaceful on that lakeshore once again. Trout have found this haven. Ducks and geese arrive and swim. Now Wilbur takes his morning coffee down the little trail, leans against a tree to watch the squirrels and the quail. It's quite a transformation. He feels satisfied and blessed. And this afternoon, he'll welcome several very special guests. Chris will bring his family, his wife and son and daughter, here to have a barbecue and just enjoy the water. This lake is so symbolic of a truth beyond compare. Righteousness, it really isn't treasure till it's shared. Righteousness, another of those church words that we hear so often, yet we may not fully grasp its meaning. Webster's Dictionary describes it this way, righteousness, meeting the standards of what is right and just. In the biblical context, I suppose that would mean the standards of God. Yipes! How can we hope to attain God's standards when the Bible itself tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? Romans 3, verse 23. This is where the good news of the gospel comes in. 
Jesus, through his sacrifice on the cross, became our righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21 tells us, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Christ did the hard work for us on the cross, but it is our responsibility to see that the channels of communication and relationship with the Father stay open and free from anything that would interfere with our connection with Him. Obstructions and encumbrances, seems we all have enough. Lives and hearts and spirits get congested with the stuff. Agape Creek is waiting to remove the dams we build, righteousness, the promise for those longing to be filled. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Lake Righteousness was written and narrated by Dana Buck. Additional voices were provided by Zach Trandum and Eric Munch. Devotional thoughts were narrated by Kim Pratt, and this episode was produced by Beneath Blue Skies Productions. So Powerful Parables is a ministry of So Powerful, a nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering women and girls and combating extreme poverty in the African country of Zambia. To find out more, visit our website at sopowerful.org. Also, check out our books, So Powerful Parables and We Are So Powerful, both available on Amazon. All proceeds from the sale of these books go to support the work of our ministry. And finally, check out our other podcast, The So Powerful Podcast, featuring interviews with those who have been touched by this special organization. Until next time, may your life always be filled with beautiful rhymes. <laughs>